When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Make that move. We can't relate to that. I roll the dice. Shit, if I lose, I'm gonna be shaking back. Cause lessons learned within the loss. Just elevate the fact that trial and error just the only way. Ain't no escaping that. I wake up, hit a hundred push-ups. Then I'm at my route. Check on my stocks, see how they looking. Then I'm sliding out. When you start seeing your progression, you stop having doubts. And what's the point of having clout? You can't cash it out. True to this game, but number life, hey. Eh? Feel like we finna change the cycle, eh? That's the most success, you know we thriving, eh? That's the most depression for our rivals, eh? Could teach a lesson on survival, eh? You know I'm from the bottom. What up with it, my wealthy people? It is your boy, David Ballard, one of the founders of the Black Wealth Renaissance. Kill my brother from another for a virtual pod. What's good with you, killer? What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? I know. I don't think we've ever... We uh well we haven't done a virtual pod in a very long time, uh, especially one where we weren't in the same room. So it's definitely uh a nostalgic feeling, but uh I'm ready to rock and roll and get this thing started, man. Exactly, bro. Like it's been it's been a minute since we've done these, but uh you know we we talked to y'all guys about it before. We're working on continuing to get this content out here. We're in different cities, but we don't want to let that be an excuse because the people need this pressure content that's what we here for that's what BWR is here to deliver so as always y'all y'all know we got another great episode planned for y'all with a phenomenal guest uh before I get into introducing the guest y'all make sure y'all do us a favor leave us that five star rating and review it helps us grow the show and continue to get the message out there as always y'all know we got a great guest for y'all today uh another one story that touches our heart this woman has an impactful story a powerful one and you know she from the boot, baby. So you know hey, that. I'm just saying the boot been showing out lately, dog. Man, Louisiana has been going crazy. Trying to tell you, trying to tell you. Yeah, we, and and she's doing some phenomenal work in the restaurant industry. She's done some great things. Was able to take basically nothing. She came from nothing, guys. The mother, multiple children, uh, raising the kids, and down to her last five dollars, and she turned this into. A eight-figure enterprise, y'all selling cupcakes at that. That's the one of the big. Yeah, that is the craziest thing to me, guys. So she's done that. She's an author, mother, as I mentioned. We have none other than Miss Mignon Francois Mignon. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love this introduction. <laughs> I do believe no better place in the world to be from than New Orleans, That's- Louisiana. Get it? Oh, well, I, I'm not getting into the semantics. Louisiana, <laughs> shout out to I knew you was gonna do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. But me, y'all, again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I know I did give yeah. to you, um, but I always do like for our guests to just give the audience an intro in their own words, just so that you know yeah. if it's anything I left out. Yeah. When you're in a situation like the one that I was in, you don't know that you're building a story. You don't know you're making 
something from scratch. And so I was drowning in debt and brokenness, losing everything that we have. We didn't have electricity on a regular basis. We didn't have running water on a regular basis. And we're talking about 2005, six, seven. This is not a very long time ago um, that we were not having the basic necessities of life. My daughter was graduating from high school and I just wanted to be able to have field trip money for my kids. You know, there were times when I would be the room mom just so that my child could go do the thing without the restrictions or to be able to pay a little bit later or to not have to be required to buy the lunch on the trip because we couldn't afford things like that. Like we were lucky to be able to go at all. And when when I was I was doing this um Dave Ramsey baby steps plan of putting my money in envelopes, just trying to save money, trying to make ends meet. When my neighbor knocked on the door and asked me to make all her clients, that was going to be 600 cupcakes. And I was sitting in the house with no electricity. But I took the opportunity with only $5 to my name as I walked to the door to answer when she knocked. And she said she would pay me. She said, I'll pay you when you make some, I'll pay you some. And so uh, I took the $5 that I had. I went to the grocery store that's located a couple blocks from me. I walked to the store because our cars were repossessed. When I bought everything I could buy with the $5, I turned it into 60 that day. And I took the 60 and turned that into 600 by the end of the week. Wow. And it has been that same money that I've been flipping for the last 17 years. I did this with no debt, no experience in the business, no knowledge um, of the business and no credit. I am telling this story because I want other people to know what they can do if they believe. If I can do it, it's an indication that you can do it too. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. When you see somebody else having it, living it, doing it, be it, it's an indication that you can have it, live it, do it, be it. Hmm. So one of my first things is what made her just come to your door and say, Hey, I need you to make some cupcakes for me. Yeah, like yeah, how was cupcakes the, yeah. the catalyst for this? Yeah. I was making cupcakes in the neighborhood. So we were a family that loved sweets and loved cake. And I was practicing it because the man on the radio was telling people they could get out of debt by having a bake sale. So I thought, all right, I'm going to have a bake sale. Problem is, I don't know how to bake, not even out of a box. But I have these two daughters who are awesome in the kitchen. And I think maybe I'll just whatever they can make at home at night when they come home from school. And then I'll sell it in the daytime. Well, after we got, after they got the idea, my oldest daughter let me know, mom, I'm not really interested in your little bakery idea. Your little bakery. And so she, she was it going always, It's always a little business. To, your little business and she was going back home to new orleans where we were from after graduation and so without her my little daughter's not interested so i gotta figure out how i'm gonna do it so i was practicing it and they were in love with what i was bringing out of my door that's crazy so at that point you already were getting some of your uh products out and that's crazy well, that just is. just to my neighbors just to my neighbors as I people were moving to the neighborhood, I would welcome them to the neighborhood. I would knock on the door. You know, they'd be afraid that I was going to ask them for something. Because, listen, this was the hood. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so people were moving into our neighborhood who really weren't familiar with our neighborhood and the way our neighborhoods go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it like it, it was like the neighborhoods were changing. And so when I would knock a door and have something to offer, they'd be afraid to open the door because it's like, what are you going to scam me or ask me for some money and do some trickery? Well, no, I just was bringing something to truly welcome them to the neighborhood and practice what I was how to do they would then come back and knock on my door and ask me can i get more of that nah that's 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 so powerful and such a like a full circle moment for for you right like you heard it on the radio hey you can get out of debt with a bake sale which i think is straight crazy like just hear that like they're recommending that but you actually took the action right and you say hey i have two daughters who they're pretty good at this um maybe they can do it and then now you didn't even look to really monetize off of it. You were just being helpful and, and you you were down to your last, but you were still out there blessing people. And it looks like in turn, God blessed you with what your purpose was. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. I, I just was trying to get them to the field trip. You know what I mean? I wasn't trying to business it's when i got that 600 dollars payday that i realized i wanted to have more bake sales mm-hmm. i love it so let's kind of get into it when it comes to building the business because i know you mentioned you went in debt free you kind of kept scaling up that way so was it just like okay we're going can, can how long were you operating like as a as a low like an in-house location before you started having the idea to expand to an actual physical location. Yeah, 17 years. So I'm still operating in that same location. So the bakery business that I started in my house is now the full-time bakery business. So I never did move out of that house as far as with the business. We moved out of the house as a family. So it was there that we started the business. We were... We actually had a home that was zoned commercial and residential. The business began to be so popular that it took over the house itself and we had to find a new place to live. But for about five, four or five years, we lived there with the business. So talk to us about that. What was that like? Yeah, I was just going to say, what was that like um, living there while, you know, you're operating? Yeah, I didn't want my business to be in my house. I wanted what everybody else wanted, you know, a business somewhere that I could get up and go to somewhere. And I just couldn't afford it. Of everything we looked at, we could not afford it. So I was blessed in the process to already have a house that could handle it, that that the city are like where we live in um, urban Nashville was already zoned for you to have a little shop or a little business. There you go. Little business inside of your home along with you. So we already were in this kind of situation. I just didn't want that. So we looked around for places that we could put the business, but we just couldn't afford it. So we had to do what we could afford to do, which in turn ends up being another moment where I realized that everything was already provided for me. And that's Mm -hmm. what I hope a lot of your listeners will hear is that all you have is all you need. 
to get you from where you are to where it is that you want to be. You might need more year one, year four, year ten, but you don't need all of that day one. That's good. Yeah, it is good. Because again, like I, I love that with your story because a lot of times, even with us, with this podcast, right? Uh, we started off in the back of his grandma, a back room in his grandma's house. You don't always need to be on somebody's step 10. Like you could, it's easy to look at somebody yeah. is when they've been doing something three, four years and being like, oh, I want to do this. I need to be exactly like them right now. But everybody's journey is different. Yeah. And I'm glad that you yeah. didn't let that idea even stop you from trying to pursue the business. Because that's one of the things yeah. somebody might... That's some of those limiting beliefs that people express. Oh, nobody gonna buy cupcakes for me out of the house. I'm I'm not gonna be able to continue to to scale to the point where now I'm able to ship nationwide and got two locations. I just started out the house, you know. Like people don't yeah limit themselves in the beginning. So I am glad that you kind of get got into that, especially the part of you staying in the house with the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that again, like. It doesn't sound ideal, but what it did do was keep your overhead low. So whenever yeah, you say, it kept my overhead low, you, it, it allowed me also to be available to my children because they came home there. Right. So while I was grinding and putting in all those hours, I was still in the same room with my children. And a lot of times we don't have the capacity to be able to build and start a business and then have daycare too. Right. Mm-hmm. So this allowed, this afforded me the opportunity to be home with my children as well as make money. And it gave me an after school job to be able to do my children worked at the cupcake collection. That's, so that's... when my daughter got ready to graduate from college, she ended up testing out of a vast majority of her classes because she got a degree in business. She had already earned that degree from the school of hard knocks growing up in her mother's business. So she just applied all of the things that she had seen to a degree. Hmm. And that's kind of where I kind of wanted to go with. When did you start to say, okay, I'm actually going to build the business? When did you start your structure? When did you say, this is something I can legitimately do? I know you had that $600, you know, uh, payday, but when did you start to really say, I'm going to hone in on this? Yeah. I've always had a mind for business. I've always known how to start and build business. I um I was always a very smart girl and I was married to a man who loved doing business. So I had learned being married to him at the time how you start a business. How you finish a business is something different. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know how to follow through and stick to a thing, but I knew how to start and build. And so from the time that I got that $600 paycheck, I knew that I wanted to be in business and I wanted to do this. It was one bowl, one spoon, a KitchenAid mixer at a time. And this goes back to what I said to you a few minutes ago. What you need on year one is not what you need on day one. You will need those things one day. You won't need them day one. And so I thought that I would line my cabinets with there's no way I could run my business on a KitchenAid as a matter of fact we blow those things out all the time just using them to do fillings and like mousses and little small batch things I could sit on the inside of one of the mixers at the cupcake collection now wow 
And I did, you know, I bought what I could afford to buy. Something that you said earlier um, was, you know, comparing yourself to somebody else. You can go bankrupt or not even start on the journey looking at what somebody else is doing. Talk about it. I, I would I would sell 12 cupcakes. I would buy a bowl. I would sell I will buy a spoon. With that first really big paycheck, I bought a KitchenAid mixer. I used a lot of Facebook market finds. We are currently in the process of building a new store in Asheville right now. This is the first time we're buying all new equipment, 17 years in. Mm. Like, we bootstrapped everything. So as I've been growing this business, we were... we free the whole time so everything that we've done has been has been cash from me except now recently i've got a relationship with a banker who's teaching me how to use my money to leverage my opportunity inside of the bank these are not things that we had had access to before i told you in the beginning of this i didn't have credit mm-hmm. You know, you so these are things I'm in, hoping at the top of the recession, didn't you? Yeah, that's the other thing. I started a business without having any of the things that you need in order for a business in this industry to make it in a in a in a down economy. And I start this business that's now thriving 17 years. Well, it's it turned 15 years old in November, but it's 17 years for me because I, I worked two years every day like it was already open before I even made a dime. Mm. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us. We quit really early. We quit when if we could see what was going to happen around the corner that everything you needed was waiting if you could just get around that bend. And so I I never gave up on myself when it came to this. Now, if you had asked me to exercise, asked me to stick to a diet, I probably would have done that. But when it came down to what I knew that I had in my head, mm-hmm. what I knew I could make for a business, I knew I always believed in me. Mm. So what was that one time whenever you were in the business where you just like saw a spike or you were like, we really got something. Was it a certain cupcake you released? Was it during a certain holiday season where you're just like, Oh my God, like I can't believe what's actually happening right now. Yeah. There were so many times like that. One of my favorites um, was there was an earthquake in Haiti. And we don't operate our business on Saturday. We don't operate our business from Friday night to Saturday night sunset. From Friday night sunset to Saturday night sunset. Because given to me by God. That's the day that our family um, acknowledge is a Sabbath rest. So even our business rests from its labor. So we look back to um, Genesis 1-1 and saw that God worked for six days and then rested one. So that's that's how we run our business too. And so there was a there was a um, earthquake in Haiti and an opportunity to help other people. But the only way that I was really going to get a massive amount of people in the store would be on a Saturday when we weren't normally operating. So I went to all of my suppliers and said, listen, I need I really want to help the people in Haiti and 
they can't buy anything that you have. I need you to donate to me. So not only did they donate everything to me, they donated hot dogs and buns so we could have a cookout for all the people who were going to be waiting. So they gave me all the ingredients so I can make everything. And then we went to all of the news stations and told them what we were doing and told them we needed them to talk about it, but we couldn't pay for any advertising. We need them to give it to us. So they did. And so then I told my whole team that I had at the time it was mostly made up of my children and their friends, but I had a couple of people who worked there full time. I said, I need you guys to give me your labor for free because I can't pay for that either. And whatever we make, we we're, that way we can donate it to Haiti. And so we, everybody agreed. And so we opened the store on a Saturday and we sold our cupcakes for $5 a piece. And the line stretched down, stretched out of our store, down the steps and down the block in both directions. People waiting to, to buy cupcakes by the dozens at $5 a piece. And $60 a box. That thing. Yeah. That thing. When was that Haiti? The Haiti was, earthquake? I think that I was, was trying to remember. Sounds I about that, right. I think those. Yeah, this was early on in my career. So this is very. 2010. Very early on. Okay. That thing that I kept my hand open to give away ended up turning around and blessing me back. Because I touched all those people who would not have normally ever had a chance to even visit my place. Because, you know, most people think about this kind of stuff on Saturday when I'm closed. Mm -hmm. And they became loyal customers to the brand. And so mm -hmm. that was that was a time that I could globally say I knew that I had something and something that was about to be big because they waited in line for it. I mean, they were coming in and dropping checks. Mm. And, and once that, again, that wasn't the only time that I ever did something like that. I think it all starts to it all talks to how it started off as well. You just wanted to be a giver. You wanted to go out there and provide for other people. And mm -hmm. you put your neck on the line and say, hey, I need you to do these things for free. But, you know, you being a good servant and a good steward, you were able to multiply that. And then God was able to reward you for that. So I think yeah. that. that that's a very uh, strong connection that you have throughout your whole story is you just being obedient uh, and yeah. following what you need to do. Absolutely. If I were to say that there was anything that characterizes this whole entire story, it was ask God a question. I waited for instructions and I obeyed. Mm. And so when you say you ask God, I mean, like, I don't even know how to talk to God. Like, what do you mean you ask God and you waited for instructions? Like, how did you get those instructions? Well, those instructions were coming in. I was I was being awakened at 317. And I talk about this extensively in the book, but I was sometimes it would sound like that I would hear an alarm that was never set. So I would I would hop up out of bed. I would check the doors, make sure my children were breathing and then get back in the bed and stare at the ceiling. One day I decided to go and watch TV, one of my favorite pastimes at the time. And I turned it on. It was PBS 
fundraising. To me, best time to ever watch TV. PBS during fundraising and Black. Best times to ever watch PBS. And there was a man on there. He said, the morning breeze has something to tell you. Do not go back to sleep. He said that a couple of times. And about the third or fourth time, he said, he said, God is trying to talk to you. And this is the only time that you're silent enough to hear him and pay attention. So you need to show up to listen. And so I was like, okay, about a week later, I show back up to listen to whatever God has to say. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm here to talk to you, but please don't speak. Cause if you do, I'm running straight out of this room. <laughs> and in that moment, I know there's Bible underneath my coffee table. So I picked that up and I, wherever it would fall and I opened it to a particular book, it fell in chapter three. So I was like, okay, there must be something to this 317. I went down to verse 17 and I got my first indication that God cared about me and would show me through going through this book. And so I went through the whole Bible like that for a chapter three, verse 17, and every book that had one. And I would, if there was no chapter three, I would go to verse three. If there were, you know what I mean? Verse three to verse 17. Like I rinsed and repeated that thing till I got everything that was available to me from chapter three, verse 17 in the Bible. And then I got a journal book, something small that I could carry with me everywhere I went because ideas only last for 30 seconds unless you put them in ink. That's why when we have an idea, we go home and say, what was that thing I said I was going to remember? Because mm -hmm. ideas don't last. You have to make them permanent by writing them down. So I got myself a journal and I started writing down that was coming to my mind as I would be sitting there talking to God at 317 and all the plans developed for what this cupcake collection was going to be, how I was going to do it, how, what, what it was going to look like, what was going to call it. As I was just the last few times I was being awakened, came across this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 30, um, and then Joshua 1, 9, 30, Deuteronomy 30, 19, Joshua 1, 9. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that your family can live. And I promise God in that moment that if you will make me successful, I will tell anybody who will listen about what they can do if only they believe. And that has been my story ever since. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I've been on this grind to tell other people, taking every opportunity to open my mouth about what I did and where I was at so that I can continue to, to reap the benefits of this promise that God made to me, that everything you do, I will cause you to prosper. Wherever you touch your feet, I will give you ownership. And in exchange, I'm going out and I'm taking opportunities like this one with you all to tell others about what can happen if only they believe. You see me doing it is your indication that you can do it too. Mm. That's powerful. And I, 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 yeah, what, what you got, Jalen? So I kind of want to ask you, to, like, so 
you know, you're getting all of these things from God and, you know, you're being a good steward. But at the same time, while you're building this business, you still got debt. You still have kids you have to take care of. Right. How are you managing to, you know, build, but also pay your bills to where you can yeah. take care of your kids? Was it just like, yeah. you know, God making a way out of no way? Is it like what was there times where you had to question your faith? You had to question your sanity. What were some of those things like? And at the same time of all those things that you just said, my husband of 21 years before divorce, mm. I had been a stay at home mom. So it's like, how am I? So, this, my life has been raising him and being your wife. Like, what am I, you know, what am I supposed to do? So in the midst of all that, this happens to me too. And so the way that I did it was I, I used that same envelope system that I told you about in the beginning where mm. I, this Dave Ramsey babysat plan where I was sticking cash that I could collect into envelopes and saving it in order to pay whatever bills I could pay. That's the way I also operated my business. As I would get in money, I would save it and I would take out a percentage of it and I would use a percentage of it for taxes. I would use a percentage of it to go buy more product. Mm -hmm. And so there's this book, um, there's this book, How to Grow Your Small Business by Donald Miller. He has become a mentor and a friend of mine. He talks about the, the he talks about the necessity of doing it exactly that way, where you're taking your money and you're parting it out on a much bigger scale into different five different bank accounts that you need a bank account for operating expenses, a bank account for taxes, a bank account for payroll, a bank account for you as the owner of the business to be paid uh, a bank account for saving and for big purchases that you're going to make. So I was doing that, not knowing that this was a thing, sticking my money in different envelopes and saying, okay, I have enough money to go buy this much ingredients. And sometimes that I had to go to the store two or three times in a day while I went to get ingredients to get me through the first part, make some money so I can get to the next part of my day. Listen, I was a G with it. <laughs> was, you know, grinding. This was not pretty. This mm. was not pretty. This was not sexy entrepreneurship, right? This was just survival. But I, I'm I'm so loving this story, especially like you sharing how important your faith is in it, and how that it, it, I even look at how what you were doing with the with the the envelopes that stewardship, mm -hmm. good financial stewardship. Yeah, how to take whatever mm -hmm. you have, no matter how little you have. Like that's something that I try to drill into anybody's head. Like my little nephew, I'm trying to get it in his head now. No matter how much yeah. money you have, you need to build that habit of taking what you have and rationing it off and budgeting mm -hmm. and using that money so that you can grow something. And that yeah. book, it was How to Grow Your Small Business by Donald Miller. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. That's a good, good read. Sounds like it sounds similar to something that we, we learned to uh, yeah. profit first with those different banks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it is very similar. They, it, it is very similar to what they talk about in Profit First. I almost mentioned that one even because it gets really granular in Profit First. And I just told one of my mentees just the other day, you need to run, not walk and go get that book. That's one of my um, favorite Because books. one of the things, yeah, one of the things Donald taught me was you need to have, you know, you need to have so much worth of months saved 
so that if anything ever does happen, you have time built in to be able to rescue yourself. And Prophet First does talk about that too. I love it. I love it. Reading is fundamental, man. I, I got my degree from the School of Hard Knocks, my master's degree, at least from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> it's getting an education anyway. It's a basically a very organized book club. Mm. You I come together it. with like-minded people to read the same book and then come back and talk about your ideas about it. Then you get a project or an example of the things so you can go live it out make sure that you understand. That's what getting a degree is. So for those who've never gotten that opportunity to do it, you can still do it. You just, you can go to your local library. It just got the most beautiful card from somebody who just finished my book. She went down to the local library and grabbed it for the free and got all this good wealth of knowledge for free for whatever hmm. it cost her to have a library book, library card. And I think library cards are free unless you get as long as you live in like that uh, municipality. Most of the times they are free. So, like you said, so, there's only no excuses. If you, you don't have to have everything figured out. You can go and get it figured out that way. And I love what you mentioned there as well. Um, that part about collaborating with others. A lot of times on mm -hmm. our journeys, we we silo ourselves. We kind of find, we feel like we're the only ones having those issues. So I kind of want to ask on your journey, uh, how much of a role did that play? Like, was there, was there a group of community or a community or a mentor that kind of helped you when you were building the, the Cupcake Collection? Yeah. At first I was really alone by myself. Um, I have, you know, I have my family and my children. Um, but a couple years in, maybe 2011, I got noticed by a new neighbor who moved in and she was part of this entrepreneur organization that had a catalyst program. And she said, I bet you could, because I would just go over across the street to her house and just pick her brain sometimes. And when people would come into my store, like I had a I had every walk of life coming in my store. And I was friends with people and being friendly to them. And they would come and sit. There was one girl, her name was Natalie. Natalie was a lawyer. Natalie would come and sit in there her lunch break, sometimes for hours would pick Natalie's brain, you know, and, and I grew my business that way. I would go across the street to my new neighbor and I would just ask her questions, which got me noticed by her. And I was able to apply to go and be a part of this catalyst program. You had to have made like your first $250,000 in order to be accepted in this program. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I had done that kind of business by then. Right. Cause I was just going. I was just living my life and doing it. And then when I got there to that program, it was there that I learned business. I'm now, I now serve on the board. I'm now a mentor there. I also serve on the board for the School of Business at Lipscomb University, where I graduated from. And it's just, awesome. I'm in awe of God who allowed me to baby step my way through to figure this thing out so much so that having a seat at the table, opening my mouth and asking questions, let me know that I had something valuable from my grassroots experience. And that in turn turned other people around to saying, can you come, can you talk 
at my gathering? Can you speak at my, you know, at this university? Can you be a part of my round table? It just began to be, you know, a, a snowball effect. So those people became my tribe. And the more I gave, the more I received. I would do uh, um, these, um, you know, like um, when you, when you sit at a table, you speed date. I would do these speed mm-hmm. mentoring sessions uh, with with the Nashville Business Journal, where I would mentor people who wanted to start their business. They would come back and say, that helped me so much, what you did, what you said. And they would want to come back and offer me something. So as you keep your hand like this, you lose things. You have to give stuff away. As you keep your hand open, things fall out. But also, as you keep your hand open, it leaves room to receive back. And people who keep their hands clenched don't lose anything, but that's all they got. They can't also receive anything. So that's how I built a community by just offering, you know, being willing to ask a stupid question because I was hungry. Like literally hungry. And mm-hmm. I needed to be, I needed to feed my family. And what I learned is that closed mouths don't get fed mm-hmm. and they don't feed either. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to not be fed, but I wanted to feed other people. And so now that's given me an opportunity to feed community. Had a major tornado that came through our neighborhood where the cupcake collection is this. Our neighborhood was decimated by the storm. This was three years ago. We were in the eye of the storm. And people were just showing up to my building to help me. They were coming with brooms and trash bags and coffee and chargers and whatever they could think of that we might possibly need because we were in such dire need. We didn't even know what we necessarily needed. And as they would get there to help me, I would send them into North Nashville because I knew that I was going to be taken care of. My community was so big, so deep, so strong. I knew I was going to be taken care of, but I knew there were people in North Nashville, which is essentially a black part of town, that didn't have the same access. So I sent them further into North Nashville, which got news crews out into North Nashville, which got food groups into North Nashville. And we orchestrated a chain gang down there that began to feed and restore down in North Nashville because people were coming to my rescue. Hmm. I love it. I love how you're just always being a blessing to other people and it just keeps on growing and it keeps on compounding Hmm. on itself. Um, I do kind of want to ask about, you know, your kids involvement in the business. You know, you say your daughter was able to apply what she learned in your business and obtain a degree. When she got that degree, did she come back and, uh, you know, come help in the business? Um, How involved is everybody in the business now? Yep. So uh, four of my seven work at the Cupcake Collection full time. And then uh, three of them you know, serve the company in some other way. So one of them, you know, does graphic designs. One of them does all the wiring and uh, security for the store. And then another one, she, uh, she will come in whenever she can and work in one of the stores as a helping hand. She's at home mostly. Mm -hmm. So that daughter that graduated with the degree is the director of 
she handles everything regionally over the stores. And then another one of my sons is the um, chief um, operating officer. And another one of my sons is the is the production manager. He handles and oversees all the process for how cake is made. And then another one, my daughter, she is a store manager. So a they true all family have something business. That's that's yes. so dope. Because like you know, that's that's what you create a business for is to create opportunities for your family. Mm -hmm. So it's dope to see that they were able to grow up in it, and now they're able to to continue to have careers within that that business. Yeah, um, so like whenever they love you... it. Now they're they now they're building the next generation because they're giving birth to them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I was gonna ask this too because I know you said you've been doing the cupcake collection for seventeen years. When your kids were mm -hmm. younger, were you paying them then, or like did? How did that work uh, then when you were younger? Yeah. In the beginning, I didn't have any money to give them on the first night um, before we, when I went to bed, the wasn't even painted, but it was two o'clock in the morning. I had to get some sleep if we were going to open this store on the next day. And when I woke up the next morning and everything was ready, there was a store that was created and they had stayed up all night to do it. My children came to me with a glass pickle jar um, behind their back that they had decorated. And how many of us in this community have seen what the pickle jar has represented? And so that they came to me with a pickle jar that I had just, because I love pickles, um, had emptied and decorated it with the word tips all over it because they wanted people to honor wh whatever work that I was doing because they knew that every penny that I would get was going to have to go back into the store. So I made a deal with them. And I said, anything that I get in this jar at the end of a day, come home after school and work for me, I'll give you whatever's in the jar. Word spread really quickly that the Francois children worked for free, that they <laughs> only made the money that went into the tip jar. And so our neighbors would sometimes just stop into the store to put money in the tip jar. They didn't, even if they weren't buying anything, they would stop to put money in the tip jar just because they wanted my children. The same want that they had for me came back for them. I just want people to honor you. I just want people to celebrate what you're doing. And that same desire that they had for me came back to something. And I, I hope people hear me saying that over and over and over again. You use what you have to get what you want. And when you use what you have to lift somebody else up, you know, along the way, it comes back to give you what it is that you want. That's good. That's good. So, And I was I was going to ask this as well. I don't know if, um, how, how old is the youngest that's working within the business right now? Yeah, he's 22. 22. Oh, never mind. It was, I was going trying to be a, one of those Instagram guys, you know, to let you know. Uh, one of the reasons I brought it up was because whenever we think about family business, that was one of the, the things that was super popular. Um, people always mm -hmm. talk start of LLC, get your kids, pay them 1250, 12,500 on a Roth IRA. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That was a case if there were any of the young ones, if that's how you were going about it. Cause mm -mm. Nah, shit. They adults now. Nah, they don't need no. They can get their own. Yeah. You don't have to start it yourself, no. <laughs> right, but they're but they're children, so their children do get opportunity to work at the bakery. 
So we do we do have the opportunity to do stuff like that with my grandchildren. So my grandchildren come in. My eight-year-old granddaughter knows how to open properly and close a cupcake collection store. She could close it down properly. She knows she's learning how to decorate cakes. She knows how to she knows how to expertly bake cupcakes. She knows how to like clean the bakery. They know um, my 11 year old when she my 11 year old granddaughter, when she was in kindergarten, I taught her inventory. She knew um, she would come home after kindergarten and go into the store and do inventory um, in the machine. And so they they were all they've always been a part of what we were doing because it was at home. Mm, that's good. That's good. And I, I really love that. And uh, I, I know we kind of talked about, you know, some of your obstacles as a business owner. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about mm-hmm. some of the obstacles that you're facing now because you've scaled to multi-million dollars. What are some of the challenges yeah. you had to navigate since your business had become so successful? Yep. So some of the some of the same challenges that you have as a small business, you have them as a big business. They're just bigger. It's like the problems don't go away. They just grow. Mm-hmm. And so when I was opening my store in New Orleans, even though I was wildly successful in Nashville, I had to start from scratch in New Orleans. I had to teach them about business. I had to do with my team in New Orleans what I had done with my children in Nashville. So, you know, when we when we got ready to open up our store in New Orleans, we did this pop-up during Jazz Fest. We rented a house on the street leading into Jazz Fest. We decorated it like a bakery. And, you know, we had to get people to try to come in and buy. And so we had all these pop-up signs with ice on them and stuff. And it quickly began to be, who is the Black girl selling cupcakes? And those began, those were the seeds that we planted as we got ready to come into New Orleans by doing little pop-up shops. So the same things that we did to to garner attention in Nashville were the things that we would have to do in order to open up New Orleans. It took me two years working every day like it was already open to get Nashville open. It took me two years to get New Orleans up and operating. So just because you become successful doesn't mean that you're without some of the same challenges. Mm, I got you. But you're more equipped because you faced those challenges before. Yeah. And because I believe there's a Bible verse, Mark 11, 22 and 23. You can have whatever you say. Just believe and not doubt that you could tell this mountain to move from here to there and it would happen for you. And so there's something that I've, you know, that has become synonymous with me. Speak what you seek till you see what you have said. And so I believe in the power of life and death lying in my tongue. So I'm being positive about what I say that I want, no matter if I haven't seen it. My daughter called me. She just went to see this new Beyonce movie. And she's like, mom, you and Beyonce think a lot alike. And she's something about needing a, a, a lens that didn't exist. And I believe that if it's in my mind, that it can exist because everything I need to operate my life was created in the creation story thousands of years ago. There are no new plants. 
that are showing up in the world. Everything we needed to create airplanes was put into the earth. Story. So it's it, it tells me that if I can think of it, it's got to be here somewhere. I just have to be fruitful and then multiply it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Mm, that's a really good viewpoint to have on things like, you know, sometimes I might not have it, but I can create it. And I know you just gave some really great examples, but I kind of think about like World War Two and stuff like that. Like they had to create certain type of tanks and certain machinery to get certain things done. Like there's a special tank that they created to go through for minefields to get those things, you know, out of there, but it reduced the amount of casualties and it looked crazy, but it got the mm -hmm. job done, but they were able to create it from their mind. So I think yeah. that's a really, really good uh, mindset to have is if you don't have it physically here, create it. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have there. No new elements were created. Like a product was created but no new elements were created in order to do the thing that they came up with in their mind. So everything that all you have, once again, all you have is all you need to get you from where you are to where you want to be. I love it. And then you said that speak what you seek till you see what you said. That's also a very powerful yeah. quote there. Cause it's just like, goes back to that belief. If you genuinely believe it, if you know that this is what's <laughs> for you, keep moving yeah. your feet forward like don't just talk about it be about it that's i love that and you're you're an embodiment of that. i get to see it through the works that you've done so mm -hmm. one, of, one of the last things i wanted to get into you it um i want to ask you so i see you spoke at uh the uou summit with eric thomas were you there yeah no i was not i was not unfortunately okay you follow et et is a great one so i would love to just know how that experience was for you um yeah Phenomenal. Um, I, I he always says, um, average skill, phenomenal will. And um doing that, doing that UOU summit. So Eric Thomas wrote the foreword to my book, Made from Scratch. Mm. So when I when I finished the book, I picked up the phone. I said, Eric, I'm finished with the book. 
will you write the forward? He said, absolutely, no doubt. And so we sent him the book and he was so moved by it. He said, I need you to come to the summit. I need you to speak to these people and give them, you know, just like let them taste your energy and see what they can do. And it was so powerful that I got invited to become a, a coach in the community. So I actually wow. get up with them every morning at 5 a.m. And uh, and I'm in the community with them now and I travel and get to speak with Eric. It is one of it was something that I said before it ever happened. So I wrote my obituary uh, three years ago. I, I wrote you know, because, you know, I'm not going to get to say what's going to be said, you know, at my funeral. Mm -hmm. So I just got wildly delusional about what was going to happen in my life, what I was going to accomplish in, with this one life that I have. And I wrote in the obituary that I was going to be a member of his team. And I was going to travel the world with Eric Thomas. Wow. And here I am three years later. And I'm living that every day. And, um, it's it's phenomenal, mostly because this is what I said. And this is what I get to see every day. He is the same. Every, no matter what, he's the same. So you see him on stage, he's going to be the exact same way in the street. He's just not going to be talking as loud. <laughs> you know? so, mm -hmm. He won't be talking as loud, but like when no matter where he goes, people stop him in the street and he stops to talk to him. What he wants to know more than anything is what's your name? What's your name? What do you do? What do you like? He's interested in, in knowing people and he never gets tired, he never gets tired of it. And that's very inspiring. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Definitely very dope. So, Mignon, you mentioned the book a few times as well. And I, I wanted to, to get talk in that, that as, well. as well. So the book made from yeah. scratch. Um, can, yeah. can we get into it? Yeah. You got it right there? Yeah, there we go. Made I love from it. Scratch. Yeah. I got it right. I don't know if you can see it because my thing is set to blur, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, we could see it. Made from made from scratch, finding success without a recipe. Hmm. So I, what 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 was the catalyst for that book? Yeah, so this is my story. A lot of people, you know, I was hearing people tell my story. We have a lot of destination tours uh, that come through our bakery, tell my story of how I started this business on $5, losing everything I had. In fact, the day that I opened the construction for business, my house was up for foreclosure sale. It was supposed to be sold on the courthouse steps the following month in December. And here we are all these years later, I owned that house and I recently left it in a will to all of my grandchildren. Um, and uh, so I was hearing people tell the story and there were parts that they weren't getting right. And I wanted to be the author of my own story. I wanted to be in control of what the people were saying. So I wrote the story down so that people so that the story wouldn't die just because I did. And, you know, there's so much about Bob's life that 
died with him and I didn't want my story to die with me. So I wanted to be able to tell this story so that for generations to come, people would know what they could do if they believe and that, you know, God would continue to bless my family for keeping my promise to him about telling others what they could do. So I'm telling the story of how I built this business from scratch, not having a recipe, not knowing how to bake, not having any money and how I, I, I get prescriptive in there about how I actually did it so that others would know how to do it too. I'm not actually giving you my play by play, but mm -hmm. basically the framework so that you could take it and apply it to whatever business it is that you want to start. I love it. And where can they, where can they purchase the book? Yeah. So the book is available on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. Um, Maybe at your local library. And it, yeah. And at your local library. <laughs> You know, I say, hey, they also big. go to you the cupcakecollection.com. They're major. available. <laughs> They're also available on the cupcakecollection.com. Um, I'm really proud of who we were able to publish our book with. We we published with R.H. Boyd, two daughters, me and and them, two black women who are the descendants of enslaved people. Hers being a family that started the press just after it was illegal when it was illegal for us to read um and wow. then me the descendants of enslaved people who worked on a sugarcane plantation so mm. i wanted to be able to tell this story of triumph and victory with some with the kind of roots um that could be so bold as to do what her her great grandfather did mm. I love it. I love to hear. So that. I think it's 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 not listed on me. Like my goal is to be, you know, the my ancestors' wildest dreams made flesh, and to know that I'm building a legacy and growing wealth and bringing my family along in the business of sugar, when only two generations before me they were not allowed to have free enterprise in that same industry. My father was born on that sugarcane plantation. And that I am making a living and building wealth and leaving a legacy for my children in the same industry. I can't help but tell people this story. Wow, that's deep. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's deep. So Miss Mignon, uh, I do kind of want to start pivoting into the last uh, parts of the podcast. Last few rapid yeah. Fire. Uh, so one of the first things that we want these rapid fire. Yeah, so this, this the first thing that we're going to do is it's a new segment that we have on our show. It's called Standing on Business, right? And it is bought by our bought by our partners over at the PBS. Uh, PSBS, brother. Sorry, the PSBS. Uh, that is the she said P PBS. I know, I, I know yeah. that. <laughs> uh, the PSBS, the Private Small Business Society. Um, and these, I'm pretty sure you are going to smoke these uh, questions. I have no doubt in my mind. Um, so we're going to do about five questions. Um, the okay. very first question that we're going to ask is, what is the purpose of a business plan? And I'm going to give you multiple choices. Um, the first okay. one is to guide the operational strategy of a business. To That's A. B, to keep track of employee performance. C, to calculate the exact profit margin. 
or D, to monitor social media trends? A. That's one for one. Ding, 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 ding. David, I, I, I'll let you ask the next one. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, question number two for Miss Mignon. Uh, let's go here. So, which of the following best describes market segmentation? A, dividing a market into distinct groups of buyers with different needs. B, the process of setting prices for products. C, creating one marketing strategy for all customers. D, focusing on the most profitable customers. Ooh, this is hard. I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going to say A again. I mean, I might have not got You're correct. <laughs> no, you're you correct. It again, two for two. You're doing the best so far. <laughs> uh, my, so I have the second, uh, the third question. Third question is, what does ROI stand for? Return on investment, uh, which is A. Um, B, range of interests. C, role of internet. D, risk of instability. Return on investment. That's three for three right there. Three for three, okay. <laughs> She's standing on business. That's all I'm saying. Standing on business, CEO. Of the Y'all are making it. this super easy for me because y'all feel bad for me, right? No, 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 no. no. So this is that's not it. So look, look, look. Next question. Question number four. Which of the following is an example of a tangible asset? A brand reputation, B employee skills, C patents, or D manufacturing equipment. What was the last one? Manufacturing. What was the Manufacturing equipment? Yes, yes ma'am. That one. Full for whole like Wendy, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, so sir. this is going to be the last one. The last question. Let's see if she's going to go five for five. Which financial, which financial statement provides a snapshot of a company's financial position at a specific point in time a an income statement b cash flow statement c balance sheet or d equity statement oh my gosh i always get these mixed up <laughs> at a specific time i'm gonna say a balance sheet oh it's she got it all five for five CEO of the Cupcake Collection, standing on business. Y'all already know what it is, man. Look, if y'all listen to this, y'all know uh, we, we said this segment is brought to you by the Private Small Business Society. Uh, the goal of this partnership is so that we can get increase the business education. So, I mean, y'all giving you a little background on it. The reason we ask these questions, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have recently gotten into the market that they, they this information is easy to you. But a lot of people, whenever they're first getting in, they don't know these things. So we just want to continue to help highlight some of those fundamental business knowledge things that you can do. And anybody that's listening that wants to learn more, you can go to thepsbs.com. We'll have a link in our show notes so that you can check them out. Uh, there's over 2,000 members in there right now, small business owners that are actively working together to build wealth. We talked about it a little earlier in the episode. Community is important, and that's the community that we support. So, again, if you're standing on business, go get with the PSBS, man. Link in the show notes. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. So, Jalen, that was so fun. 
See, you were afraid for no reason. <laughs> little, little pop yeah, quiz. One day, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to get the stuff to pop up on the screen, make it look like who wants to be over that. That would be fun, like a little game show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, we, we cooking. We go get it. We will get it right. But thank you for participating with that, y'all. So now we got our last three questions for the show. Uh, okay. These are rapid fire as well, but these are just personal questions. Uh, ain't no no testing, none, none of that. Yeah. Um, so my question that I always like to, to ask everyone is, what was the biggest money lesson that you learned? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I think the biggest money lesson I learned was that you can make more of that. Mm. I, I feel like money is a concept that they, they're digits in columns and your goal has to be to change the digits in those columns legally. I feel like faith currency is greater than money. That faith currency will perform for you like money and has a greater return on its investment. That if you have faith to believe what you can do, that will show up for you like money in the bank. Hmm. Money lesson. I love that. I love that. So last two questions, last two questions. First one, are you frugal or are you a flexer? Frugal. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say I was cheap, um, but I've learned to not say that anymore because I'm not cheap, but I am, I am very frugal. But some of, some of my frugality does look like flexing, but that's because give me an example. What I know how frugality? to invest. <laughs> I say, like, what your frug your frugality looks like flexing. I need an example. So I recently bought a dream car. Okay. And it took me seventeen years to pull the trigger on it. That's the the mm -hmm. flexing is it's a fully loaded Mercedes GLE 53. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a flex. That is definitely a flex. <laughs> but you you earn that flex. That's the thing. You ain't just hop out and go just try to buy a year one. You know what I'm saying? That's 17 years right. of I still call that a frugal flex. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Last question of the show is, this is a, a question that we ask everyone who comes on our show is, do you have life insurance? Yes, I have life insurance. Um, not only do I have a, what do you call that? A fixed policy. I also have a policy that grows investment as well. Because my goal is to become self-insured. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, you know, this has been great. It has been so fun learning your story. Um, you are definitely a ray of light, uh, a ray of just positivity. Uh, we just wish that 
you keep on going, keep on being a blessing. Next time I'm either in New Orleans or Nashville, I have to stop by, uh, and I definitely want to try one of those cupcakes. Uh, I know you. Oh, you don't even have to wait till then. I mean, I mean. I ship them to you, you know, we ship nationwide. So you don't have to wait until you come to Nashville. Just because I've had so much fun with you guys, I'm going to ship cupcakes to you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's, that's <laughs> so sweet of you. And I see, like you said, the cupcake collection, we definitely, we riding for you. Uh, I ain't been to Nashville, but I might go. I love Nashville. I might have to tell me and my people, hey, man, come on, let's pull up, man. Go get some of these sweet potato cupcakes. That's so that sounds so fun. Do it. Cupcake. I, I didn't even get to ask you how you even I was say, I have to that. make sure I send you guys sweet potato cupcakes. Thank you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy those. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I mean, y'all well, again, um, we want to say thank you for joining us on our show. Uh for anybody that wants to follow you, get in touch with you, want to support the cupcake collection. Want to order some cupcakes. Yeah. Please plug everything yeah. so how they can get in touch. With yes. You. So we are available on thecupcakecollection.com 24-7, where we ship our cupcakes nationwide through our partnership with FedEx. Um, just one of the favorite places I like to hang out on social media is on Instagram at mignon.francois. That's I-G-N-O-N-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. But we're on all socials, so we are... Cupcake tweets on Twitter. Um, we are I am Mignon Francois on Facebook and the Cupcake Collection and the Cupcake Collection New Orleans on Facebook and Instagram. Love it. I love it. Y'all, don't walk, run, go get those cupcakes. Also, make sure y'all get that book. Go check it out. Uh, go to your library or go purchase it. Um, we'll get into a few house cleaning uh items before we get up out of here as always if you guys enjoyed this episode make sure y'all leave us that five star rating five star, five star. we uh would like to know what did you like about it let us know what you didn't like about it um let us know if this story was inspiring to you or even if you picked up the book you read it and you thought great things about it let us know in the comments um if you're on uh, YouTube. Make sure you hit that notification bell and subscribe, please. Um, like share to family. Yes, yeah, share this with a family member, a friend, somebody who you know that can be impacted. Maybe you might know a single mother who's going through something as well, and they can be impacted by this story. Or maybe it's a single father, but just someone who can get something from this story. Make sure you guys share that for them. Um, and I know that this um, this is going to be released uh, in 2024. So happy new year to everybody. Um, I hope that you guys had um, a safe, successful uh, 2023. Um, keep on tackling your goals. I hope that you guys uh, set your plans forward for the next year um, and know that anything that you can think of, you can create, you can uh achieve it um i would like for you to leave us with that quote one more time that you kept on giving us miss mignon which one speak what you see uh, till you see what you know the other the one. one the other one no the all, other one all you have is all you have is all you need to get you from where you are to where you want to be i love it i love it That's the it. you covered the bases brother like i said my brother Jalen said y'all uh we rocking in strong this year we going in this is a great way to kick off the year. Y'all continue to stay tapped in. We got a lot of great stuff planned for y'all. 
We're hitting a few different cities. Um, so if you're a listener, you made it this far, y'all make sure y'all stay tapped in. We got a lot of stuff on the way 2024. Uh, man, I'm grateful for y'all. Thankful for everybody that's still here. If you're really listening right now, I love you, dog. And uh, until <laughs> next time, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.